Hello and welcome back to the Middling Along podcast. My guest this time is Kate Codrington. Kate's the author of Second Spring, The Self-Care Guide to Menopause. Published by HarperCollins, it's the first book to give a psychological map for menopause and one of the top 10 self-help books of 2022, according to The Independent. Kate mentors people in perimenopause and beyond. One-to-one online, she runs groups, nature-based yoga nidra sessions, which I really want to find out more about in a second. And she's also the host of Life and Inside Job podcast. On top of all that, she creates multi-level art textile projects. And when she's not doing all of that, you'll find her mucking about in her compost heap. I think we're kindred spirits. Welcome to the podcast, Kate. Thank you. I've just been playing in my uh, compost heaps this morning, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Giving them a little chat, having a little chat. (laughs) Uh, I spent this morning having a poke around your website and I've pulled out this quote. I love it. Uh, So it's just in case you're wondering, you do not need improving. You are not a fixer upper. You're a beautiful, fallible human operating in an imperfect world that can make you feel that you're not good enough. Gazillions of pounds are generated out of making us feel bad about ourselves. And if you're a highly sensitive person or in menopause, this can be challenging. And I think that will resonate with lots of people listening. I know I wrote that, but I feel slightly teary hearing it back again. It's beautiful. Because it's so true. You know, we... As people who are socialized as as female, as as young young girls, we're educated into thinking that we're broken, mm. you know, and this is so inside our selves, you know, we're so marinated in it. Yeah. That we don't How even do we know it's, it. <laughs> we don't even know it's there. But I I'm constantly coming across in myself and in other people when we're not as well as we'd like to be, a sense of shame, a sense of feeling, if only we had got it right, then we wouldn't be in this pickle. Or if if only, I don't know, if if only we hadn't had the cream bun, or if only, you know, (laughs) if only, if only, if only, but very, very often it's, it's because of external circumstances. Mm. We're we're very hard on ourselves. We, we, we set ourselves very high, standards perhaps kind of impossible to achieve standards and then wonder Mm. why we're so stressed or burnt out or unhappy or or always looking for something yeah absolutely yeah tell us a bit more about second spring and maybe we should start first of all by explaining uh the the sort of the meaning of second spring if, if listeners haven't come across that before because it it is it's essentially what they call menopause or the second chapter of your life if you like in in Chinese culture is that right yeah it's it's a very it's a new it's a new old concept (laughs) so you know thousands of years ago when the when the was it the yellow emperor wrote the book of Chinese traditional Chinese medicine he wrote about second spring being the second half of life Mm. and my seasonal map which which second spring explains describes the, your teens as your first spring when you're with qualities of curiosity and discovering the world and finding out who you are in summer as expressing who you are having your sense of self sort of seen seen in the world whether that's through family or work or activism or whatever 
And then in the autumn, which is coming into perimenopause, we our attention slowly changes from looking out into the world to looking in towards ourselves. So checking in with our values, checking in with our energy levels, checking in with what we feel is right and wrong. And, you know, anybody listening will hear the problem with this is that when, when we're in summer, the world celebrates us <laughs> and we don't mind picking up wet towels and staying staying on late after work and taking care of other people's stuff when they haven't done it so well as we could. <laughs> Coming back to those impossible standards again. <laughs> impossible standards. And then in autumn, we're not doing that anymore. So, you know, we, we, we perimenopause is a time when we stop playing the game. We're kind of shedding our, the socialization that we that I mentioned at the beginning. And that's really uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable because we lose uh, we lose other people's appreciation, you know, because we're not we're not being the ever loving, ever nice, ever kind, mm. estrogenic. Yeah. Loving, forgiving. Yeah, why are you so grumpy? Oh, I don't know. You, you so tell me. <laughs> yeah, because I woke up. And a lot of the sort of mood issues and the the uh, rage that people feel in perimenopause, in my opinion, is very often justified. It's, it may not be convenient. It's mm. probably not comfortable. But it, if you if you're thinking about social justice, there's a lot to be angry about. Yeah. If so, you're so, looking so at posting. Yeah. Something. If you're looking at the climate emergency, there's a lot to be angry about. Mm. And I think that we we kind of catch up with we catch up with our feelings, and we're we're more sensitive at this point to all kinds of things, as we know, sort of food and stress and noise and light, mm. other people who don't fit, other people who are draining on our energy, who don't fit with our ethos, and so there's a lot of disruption. Mm. That's an interesting point that you you make about so we're. A lot of the the sort of the narrative in the media is is about sort of perimenopause, menopause as a as a thing to be fixed and medicated or otherwise, or or you know focusing on the sort of the external and the symptoms. But actually, you know, it, it's so much more than that. What you're talking about as a mm. and I, I think if we if we can understand it as as a sort of a, almost like a necessary thing that we need to to go through to to have that recalibration that reevaluation i think that puts a slightly different spin on it mm. it's like the mother of all mary kondo clear outs <laughs> does it bring you <laughs> joy if not chuck it out <laughs> yeah yeah and you know there is a very strong narrative at the moment about deficiency mm. and i find this i range between feeling very uncomfortable to full on full on ranty furious about it because it plays into this description of uh, female cycles as being defective mm. and why don't you just get a grip take the medication and get on with serving other people in the way you always have mm. put, now, put your big girl pants on and, put your big girl on. pants on <laughs> and crack on and you know hrt can be for many people an absolute lifesaver. I mean, it literally a yeah. lifesaver. And and thank God it is slowly <laughs> coming into awareness that more people need this medication. And I I'm hoping that in the next five years, then 
supply will become mm. more reliable. And the Mary Kondo effect still is happening. Yeah, it's it's just one one tool in the toolkit, and exactly. it's not the it's not the silver bullet mm. for everybody anyway. And some people, regardless of whether they can take it or not, may decide not to. What are the sort of the ways that we can really support ourselves through through that kind of the our Marie Kondo <laughs> time? Through well, just just to shedding. say, we're still in autumn. So I'll I'll just anchor mm. that and we'll get into winter and second spring and the second cycle shortly. So if you are struggling in perimenopause, you're likely to be in an autumn phase. And what will help you here is essentially editing, actually, is editing out stuff that you don't need in your life. And that might well be looking at your cupboards. You know, that's a great place to start to clear out. But there's probably also low-hanging fruit around like I don't know worrying about stuff <laughs> I'm not talking about anxiety but when when our minds are taken up with worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow worrying about our that's a great thing to to let go of or d- domestically to pass on tasks to other people to delegate stuff to let stuff go to lower your standards really, because as we've named a couple of times, our standards of ourselves are usually unreasonably high. Um, Going slow and going slower (laughs) and nourishing yourself in whatever way is good for you. So, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of information about food and about how to manage yourself, how to manage symptoms, how to manage difficulties in menopause. And Second Spring has a, the, my book has a lot of suggestions around that. But my, in my experience, we already know what works for us. You know, you already know if you get, if your pleasure is kickboxing or lying wrapped up in a blanket. You already know this about yourself. You already know if you're more of a kind of spicy curry kind of person that makes you happy or whether, whether you're, um, uh, Horlicks. <laughs> Ovaltine, both deep and wonderful pleasures, you know, that will, I I think I have to have some Horlicks. I feel unexpectedly joyful. I have no idea where that came from, but there you go. This is what I love about podcasts. What kinds of stuff flies into my head? Where did that? Anyway, there we go, Horlicks. So the, the idea is to give yourself more of what already gives you pleasure and with the intention of clearly and consciously prioritizing your own needs yeah because it's uh, another way of looking at perimenopause is a, is a is as a recalibration so all those years of giving all those years of serving others and now it's your turn mm. it's hard to break out of that uh yeah out of that role if we're we're so entrenched mm. in it and, and damn right it's hard but the, what happens if you don't? But And mm. we can make small changes, like chipping away tiny little changes, taking that cup of tea mm. and hot, we were talking about holding warm <laughs> cups in our hands, really letting the warmth suffuse our hands and arms. Mm. That somatic reassurance is a great place to start right now while you're listening to this. I've lost my thread now. What was mm. I was going to say? Something well, we, else. We, uh, we're talking a little bit about slowing down as well, and I think ah, so. We're how rec- difficult it is. Oh, ah, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so if you if you're uncertain, 
and like, oh, I really can't. And most people feel hit real blocks about, I really can't. I really, I, I'm doing my best here. I'm mm. doing the best I can. Yeah. How Kate, can I? Stay How out of my I face. <laughs> this is not, you know, I mean, I meet that a lot. And my response is usually, well, what are you teaching your kids? Yeah. If you're, if you're not able to prioritize yourself even a tiny bit, it is likely that you're teaching your community, your co-workers, your kids, the young people, and the older people around you how it is to burn out. Yeah, we don't have worth. We don't have value. We don't, we don't value ourselves. And inadvertently, we're perpetuated by, by, by putting our big girl pants on and getting a grip. We're perpetuating this burnout and this lack of self-worth through the generations that's a bit serious and that's mm. a bit hard on but that you know if you need more to, more motivation than your own care then look at the bigger picture how do you want your your children's children to be your the the girls in your life their kids their girls yeah. you know do you, should is it is if if we're still pushing through now then the likelihood is that we're teaching the young women around us to push through and then they're, they're girls too yeah we're reinforcing that the idea that that's that's the way to be that's the <laughs> that's the optimal <laughs> state yeah that's um, that's the status quo that's how it should be so we've kind of go through if autumn is the, the perimenopause then then is winter menopause or? and we come into a more wintry time and and of course this is a map and maps, maps all look very neat. But when you're walking down the road, <laughs> looking at a map, I mean, looking at Google Maps, it doesn't, the map on, on your phone doesn't look like the street you're actually on. Yeah. So in real life, we're going to move in between these different places between autumn and winter. And you'll get a bit of spring and maybe a bit of summer and you'll be, yeah, oh, it's gone again. You know, so, but in in the broad picture, so in this sort of broad brush painting, perimenopause is autumnal. And coming into winter, you will be feeling a bit more acceptance. It's like the beginning of, oh, okay, so I'm really angry. Maybe I could give a little space for that. It's moving from pushing away feelings Mm. to allowing a bit more feeling it's moving from get out of my face Kate I have no time I'm not, I'm not listening to you that I know there's no to okay so maybe I could uh put 10 minutes between my zoom meetings instead of five maybe I could ask somebody else to put the Tesco shop away so it's moving into a more a state where we accept ourselves more and can allow more rest. It's more acceptance. And again, in real life, we'll be going in between the two, pro- probably before breakfast, you know, pendulating in and out because we're human, right? Mm. And the second spring, which is the title of the book, this is the beginning of a whole new cycle post-menopause. So the second spring has similar qualities to our teenage spring. So what of curiosity of going out in the world and falling on our face, of of longing for I don't know, longing yeah. for life, of longing for <laughs> mm, I'm, I'm, I'm waving my hands a lot, so you can't you can't hear my hands waving. But for the possibility of life, I think. And all of this is 
operating anyway, however knackered you are, however rested you are, whatever your uh, income or degree of privilege, this is still operating as a soul longing. So if you are not, you know, there's there's a kind of in my in the kind of woomy female empowerment world, there's this trope of the wise woman and coming into your power and all this kind of stuff. And this can be another like another stick to beat ourselves <laughs> up with. Yeah. You know? I didn't find oh. that way yet. I failed again. Failed. <laughs> you know, I, I really kind of people say, "Oh, Kate's in her second spring, the wise woman." I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> because this we still bring our our patterns and our wounds with us more or less healed and we're in spring so it's intensely vulnerable and wibbly wobbly and we have this longing to find out who we are in the world but we don't know yet and this this spring is followed by a summer if you think about women and non-binary people in their 60s, early 70s, they're very often, if they're, if they're able to, they're very often taking up pottery or painting or climbing up mountains or going away or engaging with, the, with their grandchildren or, or young people. Or, you know, there's a, there's a sort of journey into the world. My, 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 sister, my sister has um, become an amazing photographer and she's traveling all over the world taking these extraordinary images in her second summer. She's just edging into her second summer now. And second autumn is concerned with letting go, downsizing, you know, letting go of possessions. And in our, at the end of our winter, then we, we shuffle off this earth and whatever happens, whatever happens next. This gives a different degree of possibility, a different map for the second half of our life. And one where we can think, and you know, there have never been, I'm sure other guests have said this, there have never been so many educated people in menopause as there are now. Mm. So what are we going to do? We, you know, we were in, on one level, we're writing a, a new story. So what, what, what do we want that new story to be? Who, who are your role models? Who do you aspire to be? What you know, like, 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 like adults ask, poor children, poor children. Who do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> well, I don't know yet. Yeah, you know, it's the most ridiculous question when you think. It about is a it. ridiculous question, but I think <laughs> in menopause and postmenopause, I think it's quite a good question. You know, is it more Maya Angelou or more or more Margaret Atwood? Well, and do we dare? To, to listen to to the answers or, or are we a bit scared of them well it it's yeah it's it can be a bit scary because then what but I think it's an interesting question to play with and we can certainly bring the qualities of our our sheroes into our lives or, or my, my favorite game is what would Margaret Atwood do <laughs> you know so I have obviously I can't write like that obviously I am not her but I can call in call in the qualities. You know, I used to, I used to, <laughs> in difficult situations. I used to, you know I used to call in Gandalf. Like, what would Gandalf do? Okay, <laughs> you know, call in those these power these powerful <laughs> people into your life. We're chatting. I don't know when this is necessarily going to come out, but we're talking we're talking on the first day of December, which uh, is my birthday month. So I always, I kind of have a love hate relationship with December. But we were talking off air about how um, 
yeah how can how can we be kind to ourselves going through this this sort of winter period and especially I think this year above many others it's you know it, it is going to be a, a hard winter for for a lot of people so any any kind of tips and thoughts from you about going into this winter and and nurturing mm. nurturing ourselves yeah thank you for that question I think it's really relevant and important and like you know people listening to this are likely to be in perimenopause so you'll be in double winter mm. you know so that there's more more wintry so allow yourself you know I can even saying that I can feel the heaviness yeah, hunker down <laughs> like, folks <laughs> hunker down <laughs> lie on the earth lie on the sofa let yourself do that and let go of your expectations of yourself do less go slower you know December is insanely bus- busy for people and it is still possible to slow your step. It is still possible to be aware sometimes that your foot is on the earth, whether it's on a on a carpet or a, you know, in the mud or on the pavement or on the bus. You can come to a, a consciousness that we are on this earth in this winter. Going outside, going being outside always trumps pretty much everything else. <laughs> yeah, and that. That can be, and I, I, I'm really not good at cold. And obviously, this year, picking freezing. <laughs> so, but I, I jolly myself along to get myself to even stick, just stick my nose out out the back door mm. and take a couple of breaths. And that, that is just like I'm fifty percent better at that point. And to enjoy softness, however that shows up for you so softness might be that the warmth of the cup in your hands and again bringing your attention into the senses of softness of softening it might be softening your shoulders I would really love it if you could soften around your judgments about yourself give a little space around that maybe notice that it's it's a thought and you're not your thoughts perhaps because, you know, in everywhere at the moment, the expect even even this year, the expectations of Christmas and stuff is mm, still bombarded with with all of the consume, oh, consume, consume. Let's not get into that because I'll just rant we'll be here for another hour about waste <laughs> of all kinds, and just just know that that is. Yeah, again, it's a bit of softness around, well, this is somebody selling me something. And what actually matters is my connection with myself and my connection with, you know, the people I love around me. And that's the thing to nurture. So I know next to nothing about yoga nidra. Mm. How how can that sort of, again, help us to to sort of to slow down, to, to rest in different Mm. Oh, yoga nidra is is it's a kind of meditation and it's a great kind of meditation for people who hate meditation <laughs> it's a it's akin to being being a little kid being really safe and tucked up and somebody telling you a story mm. and it follows a particular formula that takes you through a, a, a body what do you call it a body scan 
mm-hmm. kind of thing with a bit of imagery, a bit of visualization. Um, and it takes you to a more medit- it takes you into a meditative state of mind very, very simply and easily uh, so that you can restore restore calm or re- reduce the overload on on our nervous systems. And you can do it sitting up, you can do it lying down. They can be 15, 15 minutes long, so they're quite quick. Um, and my my particular interest with this is to connect the body with the earth. So to come back into remembering that we as, as humans are, are not separate from the earth and to connect in with our seasons, the season as it is, as, as it is now, for example. So I have pro- probably... Um, I have a nidra in December, and this will this will be, I think, around starlight mm. and space. It's going to be a bit cosmic. <laughs> They're not always cosmic. But they're so quite weird. often about leaves and earth <laughs> and and uh, animals and blossoming in the summer and all that kind of thing. But I'm feeling I'm feeling a bit I'm feeling a bit cosmic at the moment and spacious. <laughs> so <laughs> this one is going to be about starlight and being open to. Well, I don't know. I haven't I haven't written it yet, but. Mm. Oh, that kind beautiful. of thing. It, well, yeah, and it takes you into a very, hopefully, it takes people safely. And I spend the trauma sensitive, these, these nidras that I do, okay. they take you into a very expanded space, but also bring you back safely into the earth and your bed or sofa or chair or wherever you are as well, so that you know where you are. And that is very good for humans. That sounds lovely. I think, and also, you know, if people are struggling to to kind of give themselves permission to to slow down, to rest, something to to kind of to pin that on, and for a very kind of defined amount of time, right? I defy anyone to say they can't find fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, if if you can, then stop scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> But there's there's loads of free ones on my site, and you can just drop in there if you the, go through the email sign up. Um, there's there's like this like this massive Aladdin's cave of all kinds of different flavors and types, and I think there's one that's ten minutes a ten minute work break job, you know. Mm. So there's there's it's very accessible. Fabulous! I'm going to give that a go, <laughs> and we'll report back. And and so the other part of of your your work is one to one or sort of small group work what do people kind of come to you hoping to to achieve through through that Mm. I think I think people want people want to find their way through that that's usually when when people first contact me it's like how how do I navigate this given given the gap between what I need and my life (laughs) And so I, I use a sort of combination of like really practical stuff around, well, how, ca- how can you build in all these things that we're talking about, letting go, letting go of your expectations, more rest, more softness, more nourishment, more pleasure in your life. And also looking at the underneath patterns. So that this is, I have a, I've been gifted a practice called a medicine circle from Red School, the menstruality educators. And this takes us through the seasons. It's a guide, it's a guided visualization process and energy medicine that takes us into the seasons so that we can feel 
what's happening in the seasons. And that might be the seasons of your menstrual life or the seasons of your life. And we can go back and chat to your teenage year, teenage self, or <laughs> we can go and, you know, use the your inner archetypes will emerge and your inner yeah, helpers and allies will emerge in this process safely held because it's in this like very <laughs> defined uh, circle uh, of seasons and this has um it's, this gives you tools in your everyday life well there, there's more loads more information on your website so i'll make sure that we link to that cost. and as you've already <laughs> said there, there's a, a wealth of of free stuff to get people started yeah. with things like uh, yoga nidra if, if they've never done that before and also obviously pop a link to to the book thank you so people can read that but um it's been such a pleasure to talk to you and um, yeah, to make a very positive intent to, uh, to go into the, the busyness of December with mm. an intention to, uh, to find pockets of slowness and, and yeah. calm and rest. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> Kate, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. You've been listening to the Middling Along podcast. Do remember to subscribe to be notified when our next episode is live. And why not visit the blog at www.middlingalong.com to sign up to my newsletter as well. I do hope you enjoyed listening today. If you did, I'd be really grateful if you would consider leaving a short review as that helps people find the podcast and helps get it noticed. Hope you can join us next time. Goodbye for now.